A reading from 2 Timothy. As for me, I am already being poured out as a libation, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. From now on, there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but all deserted me. May it not be counted against them, but the Lord stood by me and gave me strength, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed, and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and save me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, So, uh, some years ago, I was a student at Capital University uh, in Bexley, uh, near Columbus. It's actually surrounded by Columbus, this community. It's a very wealthy community, uh, uh, old money, beautiful, big homes. And uh, so sometimes I would uh, take walks through uh, the neighborhoods, uh, and uh, uh, the governor's mansion is there. I mean, beautiful parks. Uh, made for a beautiful walk almost any time of the year. Uh, what was interesting as I was walking on those streets, the, the streets, some of them had uh, a peculiar marking on them, uh, on the pavement, uh, a red, white, and blue stripe uh, that, that would go down uh, through uh, certain streets. And I wondered what that was all about, and I found out that that was marking the path that the Olympic torch had made as it had made its way through Ohio uh, before the 1996 Olympics. Uh, and uh, so I thought that was, that was pretty neat. I actually, in looking at this week, uh, found out it came to Toledo that same year. At the first service, there were some people who, who went out and saw it. Anybody here uh, that went out to see the, in 1996? Yeah, okay, a couple of people. Uh, yeah, that went out. It's something neat to see. It doesn't happen all the time, does it, right? I mean, you know, the Olympics are only every, you know, four years or I guess two years, but uh, right? Not often that it's in the United States. Do you get to see this, right? Uh, actually, as it turns out, it wasn't too many years after that. In 2002, for the, uh, in preparation for the uh, Salt Lake City uh, Olympics, uh, the torch came through Ohio again. This time a little south of here, went through Allen County and, and Lima. Uh, but I saw that uh, in, in researching, there were some local people from here who had a hand in passing the torch. Uh, there was uh, a bus driver from Perrysburg who had been a former uh, uh, track athlete at Rossford. Uh, she, she had a, a chance to carry the torch. There was a, a sixth grader from uh, Perrysburg school, uh, another Toledoan. Uh, so, uh, and I thought, what would it be like to carry this torch? They are one of a kind, really works of art, Right? 
uh, and, uh, and to carry this thing that, uh, in the case of that one, uh, and, and I don't know if this is always the case, they, they lit it in Athens uh, and uh, Greece, uh, and then they, they brought it over lit on a, uh, on a jet plane the whole way across. Don't try that. <laughs> don't try to light a torch in, in a plane. Don't do it. All right? But the, the special, this is a special thing, this torch, right? And I tried to imagine what would it be like to carry such, uh, such a unique thing. I was, I was on the track team, but they did not trust me even with the simple baton, let alone a, a torch like that. Now, um, you only have to carry it two-tenths of a mile, but that means a lot of people get their hands on this, right? It's a special, unique thing. In our readings that we've been hearing from Second Timothy over these past weeks, we see St. Paul uh, proverbially passing on the torch, right? He is coming to the conclusion of his earthly ministry, his ministry at all, right? He was called as an apostle by the Lord Jesus, and he has given his life, uh, as he says in Romans, he was a, he offered himself, his body, as a living sacrifice for the sake of the gospel. In response to all that Jesus had done for him, he was responding according to the Lord's command to him to go and to share the gospel. Jesus Christ, crucified, dead, buried, risen on the third day, ascended to the right hand of the Father for the forgiveness of your sins and to give you the gift of eternal life. This was the gospel that St. Paul had been charged to preach. And he had carried out that duty throughout his ministry. But now, the days of that ministry are numbered. It's unclear as to whether or not St. Paul knew the, his execution date, but he, he knew that it was coming. And he says, As for me, I am already being poured out as a libation, and the time of my departure has come. His death is approaching. His departure from this life. He says that that time is coming. In Greek, there are two different words for time. One is chronos. Uh, we get the word, you know, for uh, chronology, right? And, you know, one thing happens and then another thing happens, right? That's, that's one idea, way, one way to describe time. There's another way that they describe time, and this is the appointed time, right? For a special event or something that has been set aside, that time. And he says that his time, the time of his departure, his death, it has been set. He may not know when it is, but he knows, he suspects it's coming soon. We don't always have that privilege as we go through life of knowing that our departure comes soon. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we've gone to the doctor and the doctor has given us the diagnosis, has given us, you know, a matter of weeks or months. And so we can make preparations 
We can try to get our affairs in order. We can try to share last words with those that are around us. We sometimes are given that. Sometimes we're given, even with those words from the doctor, longer than we expected, sometimes shorter. But make no doubt whether you've been given such a word from your doctor or not, there is a time that has been set aside, appointed for you. The time of your departure. It will come. It will come. For every one of us, we will die. What will we be able to say of our life in those last moments as we prepare for that appointed time? St. Paul, reflecting on his life, sums it up in these short little phrases. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have struggled as the wrestler grapples with the other wrestler in, on the mat, in the arena. I've struggled. I've fought. I've been engaged He does not speak of his life as a spectator in the stands. Not much that's noteworthy about that kind of a life. It's the life of the one who has been engaged, the one who has been fighting. That is a life that you can look back on and say, I did it. There's something here. I have fought the good fight. St. Paul, elsewhere in the book of Romans, chapter 7, he says uh, that his life, as he experiences, and he's speaking here as a Christian, says his life is a battle, it's a war. He finds his body, his mind, his soul at war against itself. The thing that he wants to do, he does not do, and the very thing that he does not want to do, that's what he keeps finding himself doing. There's a war within. And this is not unique to St. Paul. Each one of us has a struggle, a war going on within. St. Paul says regarding himself that he has fought in that war. He has not just gone along with the feelings of his heart and followed those wherever they might lead. He has not given himself over to whatever thoughts he might have, however reasonable they might seem. He has compared them to the word of God and he has fought the good fight. You know, you remember perhaps the circumstances by which St. Paul was called. He says in the book of Philippians, I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. A Hebrew of Hebrews, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church. So zealous was he, so convinced was he that 
he knew how to order his life that when he found people going around and saying, you can order your life in a different way by belief in Jesus, not according to the law, he wanted to put an end to it. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. You heard in our gospel lesson today how how Jesus uh, gives in his parable uh, a picture of a Pharisee who trusted in himself that he was righteous. Right? And you can look at how Jesus puts into the Pharisee's mouth in this parable, uh, you know, this idea that uh, look at all that I've done. I've lived my life in accordance with God's word. I've, I've done all these things. I, I'm living a meticulously clean moral life and thereby I am declared right with God. Jesus contrasts that with the tax collector who knows himself to be a sinner and confesses it freely. In humility, will not even lift his eyes up in prayer, but says, Lord, have mercy. Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Quite the contrast there. Quite the contrast between the life that St. Paul knew prior to his Damascus Road experience where he, a persecutor of the church in his zeal, was met face to face with the risen and ascended Lord Jesus and humbled him such that afterward St. Paul would refer to himself as the chief of sinners and would set himself up as an example of, look, if the Lord can save me, he can save any of y'all, because you can't get any worse than I was. Quite a change. That is the fight that St. Paul was engaged in. A fight against trying to live righteously in himself. And a life lived trusting in the righteousness of Christ. He says, I have finished the race. The Lord Jesus, who met him on that road to Damascus and set him on a new road, a new course, that of being an apostle sent in the name of Jesus to share the good news that Jesus' death and resurrection gives to all who trust in him the forgiveness of sins and eternal life, that road, he says, I have run that race and I have crossed the finish line. Now he's not dead yet. But he counts himself as good as dead. Remember, his time of his departure has come. He says, the road's coming to an end. And I've crossed the finish line. I've endured to the end. I have held on by faith. Not according to my own righteousness, but according to the righteousness of Jesus given to me as a gift, trusting not in myself, 
to be right with God, but trusting that Jesus made me right with God when he who knew no sin became sin so that I might be made, declared right with God. That is the faith that St. Paul says he kept. He says, I have kept the faith. I have held on to the faith to the end. And he says, from now on there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Last spring, Brennan and I started running 5Ks. We had been at a trip to the zoo, and we saw that the zoo was holding a, a, a 5K uh, uh, at the zoo. And we thought, oh, that'd be fun, way to support the zoo and, and, and you know, get a little exercise, enjoy the spring run. We did that, and then we, we ran another one. We ran the, the Toledo uh, Mini 5K. And, folks, I got a medal. It's a heavy metal, too. I, I, you know, I'd pass it around if I could. And it's got this pretty ribbon here. We ran the 5K, and it finished in, uh, in the Mud Hen Stadium. We got to run right around uh, you know, in the outfield, right around past second base. And it, was, it was cool. And, and the people were up in the stands, and they're eating their hot dogs. And you know, the people have already finished, because we did not finish first, I'll tell you. <laughs> but, but, but they're cheering us on. And then we went up, and we got our hot dogs. And then we were cheering people on. And uh, I will confess, everybody got a medal. It, it, in fact, it says at the top, it says, finish. <laughs> I, I finished. The finishers all got a medal, a reward. Uh, yesterday we had a, a funeral here at the church, and, uh, um, and we always, for our funerals, put up this banner. It quotes Revelation uh, chapter 2, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee the crown of life. St. Paul says that there is reserved for him the, the crown of righteousness. A reward of righteousness. Not of his own, that of Christ. The victory won by Christ over sin, death, and the devil. That, that victory came with spoils. A reward. A crown. And Jesus gives us the victory. All who believe in him. St. Paul says it's not just for me. He says the Lord will give it to me on that day and not only to me, but to all who have longed for his appearing. Every finisher gets a medal. It's a whole lot better than this one, though I, I do prize this one. It's kind of fun. You get something much better than the victor's crown, that laurel wreath that, wreath that, the, uh, that the Olympians from of old would have placed on their head, which was reserved only for those who were the victor, right? The winner. Christ is the victor. 
but he shares the spoils of his victory with you. He gives to you the free gift of his righteousness, his holiness, free gift of his love, forgiveness, grace, and mercy. For you there is reserved a reward, the crown of life. So run the race and finish it. Fight the good fight against your flesh, trusting in the sufficiency of Christ's work for you on the cross. And look with longing love and hope for that day of his appearing when you will receive the crown of everlasting life. In the name of Jesus, amen.